welcome to the Vibe Chat Podcast. My name is Chris Langley, owner of Vibe Speech Therapy. And today I would like to talk about word families. Word family is a cozy name. It just makes you feel like you want to get right in there and hang out. But actually, word families are more distinctly described as groups of words that have the common feature or pattern. That doesn't sound as cozy as word family. The description doesn't anyway, but that's what it is. And they have the same letter combination such as at, am, or ad. So oftentimes we think of short vowel plus consonant and it gets more um, complicated than that, or I should say more lengthy than that, but that's the basics. So one thing I'll say right away is that when we're teaching these word families, you notice on, I mentioned in a previous podcast, an auditory processing, you notice auditory processing deficit can come up in this context when you're working with word families and we're working with early readers and we're seeing, oh, they're not quite getting the difference between A, B and A, D. That's A as in with B as in boy or A with D as in dog. They're not getting that distinction. Um, it might sound similar to them or am and an. They can't quite get this, the sense of which one goes with what. So that's something, it's a diagnostic tool we can use to see, oh, is there some sort of deficit going on, other deficit? Um, and reading is a complex uh, skill that comes easy to some and really, really difficult for others. So when I work with word families, we definitely are working on a lot of levels. So when we're working with these um, these little uh, groups of words, little patternings, we're trying to help them not only learn how to read and we're building their vocabulary, we want them to be able to recognize these patterns and then have these common phonetic sounds as the foundation for the strong spelling skills. A lot of nursery rhymes contain word families, you know, that's the, the early reading technique and when we pair it with singing, it really does help to retain the skill. Um and so a lot of times people use these these rhyming words to teach letter combinations is very common. I do it all the time. And you teach how words are spelled and spoken. And um, like I was saying also in another previous podcast on homophones, so these things all tie in together. Language is very interrelated on a lot of levels. So that's why we end up teaching a lot of skills at once. And when we're doing kind of a informal or formal diagnostic and um in a, well, the therapy session would be informal. When we do that informal diagnostic, we can kind of tag and hit kind of different places, little laundry lists and, and that we have in our mind about, oh, this is coming up or, oh, that's okay. This is good. Ding, 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 you know, check, check, check. And we can see what's in and what's out and what needs to be supported because of this interlinking of language skills and along with the grammar and syntax and all of those good things. So, um, you want to use these rhyming words when you're teaching this um, to teach these letter combinations and to teach things how things are spelled and spoken. And then you have these kids sound them out uh, after memorizing a rhyme. So that's kind of a one, the first approach that we do at it. And the word families and these sight words, they, they definitely go together in helping these kids learn how to read. Now, all of these words are high frequency words, which means the kids see them often. And when kids can identify words quickly and easily, then they can become more proficient readers and writers. And that is exactly what we want. And the purpose of understanding a word family is this notion that uh, if you can identify one word, you should be able to identify many others with a common word family. Now, this comes up with with words, uh, sorry, going too quickly, with kids who are having difficulty reading. They may have... Um, 
a, a visual difficulty or they may have an auditory difficulty. And for some reason, they have to start over with each word and they can't quite retain that this is the same uh, sound symbol relationship. So in that regard, another diagnostic tool, another way to approach each child individually on how to help them overcome that difficulty. So um, as as we want them to become these proficient uh, readers and writers, it does take some time for some kids. And um, if we want to start with the one sound and see if we can generalize it. So let's, for example, say we start out with the word cat. We want to be able to have them transfer. We just change the one consonant, the initial word, or sorry, the initial phoneme, and it turns into bat. So cat to bat. And then eventually you make your way up to like silent E combinations or bake, and then they should be able to say take and make and cake. So these are things that we're trying to work with them on, on a lot of different levels. Um, as I was saying earlier that these word families, they do increase with difficulty as kids age. So there are the simple ones are the ab, ad, ag, am, and, you know, things like that, ed, and et. It goes with each vowel. There's a vowel consonant combination. And um, there's 37 common word uh, families in English. And they get a little more complex when you start talking about the silent E combination, like I-C-E or I-G-H-T, right? So exactly like the word right, R-I-G-H-T, uh, or ing. And there's another thing that I work on with kids all the time is ing, ang, ong, you know, so there's ing, ang, ong, ong. I don't want to leave out the ung. So you have those differentiations that you need to make and you can put, you know, a consonant, you can put the S before that, sing, sang, song, sung, and you can do things. You can make nonsense words or real words. It doesn't matter. I mean, real words are easier on a lot of levels and it creates that instant connection for them. You can pair it with a visual, they can make a connection in a sentence and they can understand the language. And some people don't like nonsense words, but I like to integrate all of it. I figure if it's there, let's use it. And if someone really has the skill, they're able to do it in a nonsense word as well. But real words um, are definitely a must. They're critical. And um, you want to make sure that um, they're pronouncing each word in the same way. And the only time that words are not pronounced as they are spelled is in the event of two vowels being next to each other. So when you encounter one of those combos, vowel combos, like A-I, then the rule is to pronounce first vowel only, which kids often hear. The first vowel does the talking, the second one does the walking. It's a very common statement we all make in education. Um, so I want to give you some more tips and tools uh, for teaching word families. If you want to help your kid to learn how to read, you want to teach these combinations of word families and sight words together. This helps your child to start identifying and with the words more efficiently and quickly. There's a lot of lists. You can find lists. You can probably, you know, just type in the Google images or you can um, what word families. And I'm sure teachers have them. We have them um, uh, when we work with kids in my practice. And you, you, they're just like laundry lists of, of ab or ad or ag and the different word families. And that, that you can just, like I said, you can just don't worry if it's a real word or a nonsense word. Just put the different consonants before it and, and just have them kind of rattle it off and see if they can get it with the different vowel combinations. And when they can identify word families and text, then it means they're beginning to see the patterns and identifying those high frequency words in writing. 
You can find these in um, books or songs. Dr. Seuss is an excellent one and other rhyming books uh, or on any list. And, uh, and then another way you can help is word to picture matching. That's a big one, especially if your child has, is dealing with any sort of processing deficit or attention issue, then um, visuals are always excellent to pair. So you can find some uh, images like that that work. Um, some other resources that we use in my practice and uh, other educators and people use are on boom cards. I mentioned them before. They're excellent and widely used, and there's so many different ones, and they're really, really, really affordable. So that makes it easy, and you can put, you can either use it on your computer or you can use it on iPad or tablet, and you just basically can search for word family card decks, and then you can sail away and practice those. Uh, teachers pay teachers, which I which I always mention. Um, they have lists, especially if you just want to do printables. I I don't know how popular printables are, but I think that I. I totally respect some uh, families want to limit the computer time and they want to just have some paper instead and then makes it more tangible. And then, you know, kids can write on it or do whatever they need to do on that. Um, for younger kids, there's a, there's a YouTube channel that I really like. Uh, it's called kids TV one, two, three. It's so sweet. And it's it has a low stimulation factor and they do a lot of singing uh, it's not like blaring at you. So that's one reason I really like to use it. And they have a lot of reading resources and it helps get kids started in learning phonics. Um, they have uh, reading machine one, reading machine two. They have so many different things. So there's a lot of uh, variety and ways to make it really enjoyable to do word families. And primarily, you know, when you're sitting down and reading with your child, it's just a moment of connecting and, you know, putting the family in, in the word. So you can really just enjoy that time together. And I think also if they're struggling with reading, you want to just make it as easy and enjoyable as possible and not put that high demand when you're having that, you know, the time in the evening. When it's related to school, there's always a little bit more pressure. But if it's just your time where you're connecting and hanging out together, you can ease some of that burden of if they're having a hard time getting it, you can ease some of the burden and demand of um, getting the exact word family correct by mix and mingle of talking about pictures and doing some comprehension strategies. I find a lot of times when kids have difficulty reading that their comprehension is really high and their verbal skills can be quite high. This is, you know, kids that I work with that have dyslexia. So that makes it fun for them to tap into their skill that is a strength for them. And they can describe pictures and their vocabulary is really good and you can really have fun. And then you can kind of ease in a little bit of practice around the challenging piece. And so you can kind of weigh those two factors and see what works best for you. And ultimately, we want to have kids feel successful and feel confident and um, just enjoy the learning process. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Apple or Spotify or on any other podcast platform. And to get more information on speech and language therapy, visit my website at vibespeechtherapy.com.